This is Church of the Resurrection in Wheaton, Illinois. This week's sermon is by Bishop Stuart Ruck. Let's study God's Word together. Uh, Turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles to Psalm 46. I'm going to read that out loud for us. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Over a hundred years ago, on extraordinarily fateful Valentine's Day, Theodore Roosevelt experienced the unthinkable, wherein in the same house, on the same day, he lost his wife, who had just given birth to one of their children four days prior. He lost his wife to Bright's disease, and he lost his mother to typhoid fever. He was an inveterate journalist, journaler, and he wrote that Valentine's Day date in his journal, And then he wrote a large, dark X. And underneath it he wrote, The light has gone out of my life. Who would critique President Roosevelt for such a sentiment? Of course, he felt that way. And yet, in an interesting contrast, over a hundred years later, Christian theologian and Bible scholar Gerald Sitzer lost in one car accident his wife, his mother, and his daughter. He also wrote about light. He wrote this in the lieu of that also unthinkable day. The quickest way for anyone to reach the sun and the light of day is not to run west, chasing after the setting sun, but to head east, plunging into the darkness until one comes to the sunrise. In both cases, for Theodore Roosevelt, for Dr. Sitzer, the earth gave way, as the psalmist so beautifully articulates the experience that many of us have in Psalm 36. But it was Dr. Sitzer, he had the Lord. He knew that the Lord would accompany him through that darkness 
to the sunrise. That's a promise. For us as believers, the light never goes out. Darkness falls. The light accompanies us through that darkness to the place of light. For some of us right now, the reality of the coronavirus itself darkness to you, to your friendship group, to your family. Others of us have actually very little concern about the virus. Instead, we're feeling a darkness about how we're reacting to the virus. Um, others just feel a sense of darkness as they process that this is the first time in their daily lives as Americans, and they've ever been affected by a larger global or larger situation, an effect that can have ramifications on their social life, life, their spiritual life. Do we know, as Bible believers, do we know the way to sunrise when the darkness falls? And the teaching of Psalm 46 is that to get to it, the light, we go through it, the darkness, with him, the light of the world. We praise God with Psalm 46. That God is a very present presence in our trouble. To get to it, the light, we go through it, the darkness, with him, the light of the world. And I bring that to you based on the utter foundation of the revelation of God, given to us throughout the scriptures and captured beautifully in this poem, poem of Psalm 46. I want to exposit this poem for you this morning and break it into three sections as we just reflect on this core understanding that get to it, we go through it with Jesus. First of all, God is close amidst chaos, verses 1 to 3. Second, God is a sanctuary amidst a siege, verses 4 to 7. And third, God is a peaceful conqueror amidst conflict. Verses 8 to 11. He is close amidst chaos. Let's look at how our psalm begins in our English translation. God. Just stop there as you have your Bible open in front of you. God. The fact of God. God in this poem is prioritized without any apology. Now, while it's important to have apologetics around the realities of chaos and evil in our world, the psalmist gives us God, first and foremost, without an apology. That is the first word given us. This poem begins with God. This poem ends with God. Our lives begin with God. Our lives end with God. God is the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus Christ is the same. The Bible is proclaimed yesterday, today, and forever. Several things have changed within our American culture in the last 72 hours. God has not changed. Praise the God of all eternity. And wherever you are, can you just, just receive this Bible fact? God has not changed. God is with us. A very present help. So we start with the fact of God. And yet we read as well, and we thank God for the honesty of the psalmist, that there's a fact of chaos also. The earth gives way. 
The mountains are moved into the heart of the sea. The waters roar and foam. Mountains are trembling at its swelling. He's using images from nature to communicate in a profound kind of parallelism one after another, a sense of chaotic power, a sense that chaos is indeed just around the corner, which is true, by the way, and an experiential reality for the vast majority of the people living throughout the world. Indeed, our American lives has had a very unique, speaking globally and speaking historically, a very unique element of consistency and stability. Chaos can be cataclysmic, where the earth gives way, and chaos can be less than cataclysmic, which I would say is the chaos that we're in of a coronavirus kind. Not an utter cataclysm, we're not an utter apocalypse. Schools have closed, employment is definitely being affected, for some of you very significantly, and we are prepared to care for you throughout our churches. Events that we have dearly planned for, some very serious events and very precious events for some are being canceled or postponed. So the fact of chaos is present with us now. So as we do that, one thing we do immediately is we cultivate kingdom collaborators. Look at verse 1. God is our refuge and strength. Collaborators amidst the chaos that is now a part of our lives in American culture. You need one another more than ever. Yes, be wise as you gather in smaller groups. But at this point, we are very free to do so as per our government's directives. We are absolutely free, of course, to stay in close touch by text, phone, video conferencing. We need as we cultivate kingdom collaborators, we also cultivate habits of accessing his strength, of accessing his strength. God is to us refuge, verse 1 says, and strength. As many of you know, I fell very ill some 18 months ago. How grateful I was when I came into that three-month season of illness that over the years prior to that, I had made a significant commitment to learn how to pray. And in that season, I had to pray constantly. I had to have worship flowing as I listened to worship constantly so I could access the strength of the Lord. Now is a season of prayer. Now is a season of worship. So you can access the strength of God, which is there for you. The refuge of God. The present help of God, which is there for you. So see this time as a season of more disciplined prayer. Some of you have more time, some of you don't. If you have more time, will you pray? And how will you pray in the morning, the noon, and the evening? How will you access more sung worship? He's also a sanctuary amidst the siege. Verses 4 to 7. We shift from God's closeness and the reality of chaos to God as sanctuary amidst a siege. We go from natural chaos to a sense of things kind of running out of control to actually more of an attack. In verse 5, we read that God is in the midst of her, referring to the city of God, Jerusalem. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. What we have here is more the fact of attack in life. This is likely a siege context. Indeed, God is called a fortress in verse 7, in line with that context for verses 4 to 7. And there are attacks that come in life. All kinds of attacks. And we read that amidst an attack, we have the fact of a sustaining 
sanctuary. Verse 4. There's the city of God, a sanctuary. There are rivers which flow into the city of God. There's a holy habitation of the Most High. Very possibly what the psalmist is referring to in the reality of Jerusalem, what, what were called the springs of Gihon, whereby water could flow into the city, that even under siege, those within that place would have the needed water. And we will be sustained through this time. Indeed, we have a river whose streams make glad the city of God. It's called a living river in the New Testament scriptures. It's called the river of the Holy Spirit that is flowing through our households, flowing through our friendship groups, flowing from and through our cathedral and our churches throughout our diocese. We have the river of the Holy Spirit. We can drink deeply of the power of the Holy Spirit right now. There is nothing that has happened in the last 72 hours or the last several months that can keep that river from flowing into our lives. We have a river whose streams make glad. And we have the Eucharist. And I absolutely promise you, we will not stop the ministry of the Lord's presence in Eucharist in this season. We will have Lord's Day celebration of the Eucharist one way or another at this altar. We have a handful of us gathered this morning here at the altar in the cathedral. And we're going to be ministering it throughout Greater Wheat. And we're going to continue to do so throughout our diocese. We will, no matter what, have the Eucharist. It's not magical. It's mighty. And we need God's might. We need his strength. We also have the fact not only of a sustaining sanctuary, but we have a fact of God's sustaining presence. Verses 5 and 7. Jerusalem is a very special place. And it is a place of God's presence. But what makes Jerusalem so special is God's presence. Here he is referred to as the presence, the Amanu, which gives us the word eventually, Emmanuel, the with us God. And his presence can visit every one of us and all of our smaller communities as we're in this time where we may be decentralized. But we need not be discouraged. Finally. And this time we have a shift that there's conflict but we are told by the psalmist that God is a peaceful conqueror amidst conflict, verses 8 to 11. We continue with the facts given us by the psalmist. Now he gives us the fact of constant conflict, verse 9. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. This is written at least 3,000 years ago when the reality of conflict and terror was already a historically developed reality, and that's 3,000 years. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. We have a fact of constant conflict. And we, as followers of Jesus, should be more aware of that fact than others because we know that we have global family that we are constantly aware of. Indeed, as we deal with this reality here in our American community, it is an absolute opportunity for us to have a hardship that solidifies a solidarity with the rest of the world. I want us as a diocese to take this hardship that we're in right now and only solidify our solidarity with the rest of the world. There's facing far worse conflict than this. Do you know that one of our dear brothers, one of our senior leaders from Diocese of Jos in Nigeria, where day upon day, week upon week, they're executing followers of Jesus 
kidnapping them from universities, doing all kinds of chaos. But he called me and said, we're tracking with everything that's happening in your country. We're tracking with everything that's happening in your diocese, Bishop Stewart. We love you. We are praying for you. We are standing with you from Nigeria. How often we've been praying for them. And yet they are right there with us. A solidified solidarity. Catherine and I watched a stunning documentary called Prasama. I'd recommend it only for adults, and even some adults may not, may not be able to watch it. It has some graphic scenes of hospital scenes and of, of, of just physical torment. It's a documentary. It was made by a mother who lived through uh, the bombing of Aleppo. It's gripping. It was important for us to watch it and to realize that this is something that we can only pray for and to let, in comparison, our current challenges just solidify our deeper heart for places like this. We pray for East Africa and the famine. We pray for Venezuela. We pray for China. We pray for the vast majority of the world as we're in this fact of constant conflict. Followed by that fact, though, is the greater fact. Be still and know that I am God. If we grew up in any kind of a Christian background, we were often taught that verse and maybe given that verse at a summer camp or on a retreat. And we were taught to be still and be quiet. That's not an interpretation that runs against the context of the psalm, but I would say that there's a more specific interpretation. Rather than be still and be quiet, Hebrew scholars would argue it has more to do with be still and be clear. Be still in the Lord. And then be clear-headed amidst a conflict. When conflict occurs, we go fuzzy. We go crazy. We go confused. You don't have to be confused right now. You don't have to feel crazy. Be still and be clear, the psalmist says, even amidst great conflict. Through prayer life, through other kingdom collaborators in this season. We avoid two extremes when we're called to be still and be clear. One is the extreme that would say the work of the kingdom of God is all up to me. Indeed, we hear the psalmist say, Come, behold the works of the Lord, verse 8. This is a time especially where we're just going to behold the works of the Lord. Keep a testimony, whether it's in your journal or in another capacity, keep a testimony of the works of the Lord that you are beholding even now. And at the same time, we want to avoid the other extreme, which would say, I have nothing to do in this current challenging time. But we also read that the Lord of armies, or the Lord of us, verse 11, which is to say that we're engaged in the work of the Lord. You've heard me say this many times, and I'll say it many times again. God does everything. We do something. That's exactly where we are right now amidst the coronavirus reality. God does everything. Let's behold the works of the Lord. 
but the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies is with us. We are part of his work. So let's be still as the people of the upper Midwest Diocese, the people of resurrection, and be clear. Let's do so by 46 for 46. Let's commit to pray. Psalm 46 for 46 days. Let's ask that God lift this scourge, a coronavirus from our own country. But first and foremost, let's ask him to lift the scourge from other countries that are suffering even more profoundly. Second, I want to strongly consider you to just engage in a ministry, if it works within your specific local community, of neighbor notes. Um, Our family member, uh, Deacon Margie Fawcett, uh, gave us this idea. She just went around to several homes within her community, and and she was just prepared to put notes um, in mailboxes. Several people came out to to greet her. She didn't force that, since some people needed more privacy. Kath and I were very inspired by that, and so yesterday we just went to nine different households that are closest by us. We had a very simple note like this. We put it in their mailbox, and this is all that we said. Hello, neighbor. We want to respect your privacy. We also want to let you know that in this current climate, if you have any needs that we can help with, it would be our honor to serve you. We are well stocked in food and even toilet paper. Smiley face. If you should need something, please ask. Our church members are joining together to pray Psalm 46 for 46 days on behalf of the global and local communities. Know that our family will be praying specifically for your household during this time. Blessings, Stuart and Catherine Ruck, 505 East Elmwood, Greenhouse with red trim. Catherine Sell with the number, Stuart Sell with the number. And then a quote at the bottom, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Psalm 46, verse 1. I already had one neighbor call me immediately. Uh, he said, you know, we're in good shape at this point, but I'd love to help if I can in any way with your church and um, really considering, love to give some fi- kind of financial gifts somehow to help the larger community. Finally, uh, and be still and be clear right now, 46 for 46, neighbor notes. Uh, we're going to be talking together at the cathedral. I want to encourage other churches. You don't need your leader to lead you in this, um, to go on community prayer walks and to maybe spend some time worshiping in our communities as we prayer walk. Um, if you need to keep social distancing in a certain way, that's great. Do that. Uh, but that doesn't mean we can't go and pray and that our neighbors cannot see us with some presence of praying throughout our streets. I have a strong sense of this. There will be a collective memory among Americans, among our municipalities, and among our neighborhoods, among our communities of this time. We will carry this collective memory like we carry the collective memory of 9-11 with us. I want the church in the heart of people's collective memory. I want the Lord Jesus and his name and the gospel at the heart of people's collective memory. We have that opportunity right now. So that when people look back, they say, that was hard, that was strange. These people came prayer walking past our house. These folks put notes in our mailbox that they were praying for us and they had stuff to help us if we needed it. I remember the church. I think we should anticipate more conversions. More power of the Holy Spirit. More awakening. To get through it and to the other side, we must go through this time, but with the light of Jesus, with our God as a very present help in trouble. Thanks for listening. Our vision at Church of the Resurrection is to equip everyone for transformation. 
As a part of that vision, we love to share dynamic teaching, original music, and stories of transformation. For more of what you heard today, check out the rest of our podcast. To learn more about our ministry, visit churchres.org.